0: Hi, and welcome to the Journey Church Podcast, streaming live from Queens, New York. We're so excited you joined us today. No matter where in the world you are, we want you to know that you're family. We hope you're encouraged by this week's message. Well, hey, Journey family. So glad that you are tuning in with us today as we are in the middle of a five-part series called Hope. Uh, We've been looking at how the world has been negative, how if we look everywhere around us, it's easy to be negative in our thinking, but with Christ, we can be hopeful. We can be excited. We can be confident that God is with us. So far in this series, we've talked about how, uh, through hope, I can be optimistic instead of pessimistic. Uh, Last week, we talked about how I can be grateful instead of entitled. And so today, what we're going to talk about is a seemingly simple concept, but I think it's one that so many of us uh, underestimate and kind of overlook when it comes to this idea of hope. And it's the power of encouragement. Now, before we dive into today's topic, I have to confess, I am not that good at encouraging others. Just ask my wife, ask my kids, it's one of my weaknesses. I'm not good at giving encouragement. And so maybe you're here as well and and you struggle with this, so hey, we're in the same boat. But, But I'll give you an example of a moment in time when I struggled with this idea of encouragement. In fact, a few weeks ago, I had someone reach out to me via email, a good friend of mine, just kind of ask, how are you since the pandemic? How is your family? How is everything? I've been praying for you. And I got to be honest, as a pastor, I've heard that phrase, praying for you, about three million times. And I always wonder, are people really praying for me? Or are they just praying for me? You know, are they just curious? Or are they just nosy? Are they really interceding for our family? Or are they just, you know praying for you. The the Christianese language. And so uh, this guy had sent a nice email. I sent a nice email back. You know, hey, everything's going good. Here's what's going on with our family. Here's what's going on with the church. And I sent it. Nothing. Radio silence. One day goes by. I figure no big deal. You know, people are busy. Not everybody checks their email. Two days go by. At this point in my mind, I begin thinking, Man, what's this guy's problem? You know, if he said he was praying for me, is he really praying for me? I just sent a response. Why isn't he answering the email? Three days go by. Now, at this point, I'm getting upset. You know, Jesus, he died and rose again in three days, and this guy can't send an email back to me? What's going on, right? And by this point, Gmail has that little feature that says the reminder, like, hey, it's been three days. Do you want to send an email to the guy? And nothing. Four days pass by. Nothing. I I laughed for a whole week and by this point I was fuming. I, I just, I couldn't let it go. I don't know if it was the New Yorker in me or the Puerto Rican in me altogether. I was just angry at this person and so I decided to send a snarky reply back. I just sent an email back and I just, one sentence just said, well, dot, 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 that was a good talk and I sent it to that person Well, within the hour, the person actually replied. So so it did work. The person gave me a response, but it was not the response I was hoping for. In fact, why the person sent a late response and what he said in the email was, I'm sorry, as you know, I've been battling cancer and I had a recent procedure done in the hospital that actually kept me in the hospital for X amount of days, which happened to be the same amount of days that the guy did not reply back. So here I was, Upset, angry, sent off a snarky reply. Within his reply, instantly I was putting my foot in my mouth and repenting of the lack of encouragement. Now, I know that hurts and that's bad. You say, man, pastor, that's pretty bad. You're right, it was a good dose of humility for me, something that I needed. But it reminded me of the power of encouragement. How many of us forget to use our words to build each other up? Now, you might be here and wondering, well, why is encouragement so important? I mean, it, it sounds like such a basic message in all the Bible. Is this really all that we're going to talk about today? The answer is yes. And the reason why is because encouragement can make or break someone's life. I mean, we know the stats that for every negative word that is said to us, we need somewhere between 12 to 15 affirming words said to us to cancel out that negative word. Not only that, but negative self-talk. In fact, the average person, their thoughts that consume their mind every day, 80% of it is negative self-talk. I'm not good enough, not smart enough, not gonna be able to do these things. So negative thinking dominates our mindset. Encouragement, it just, it reverses that. It changes the script and forces us to think in a new and a different way. And what I know, is that if you call yourself a Christ follower, encouragement better be something that you do and you use with your words. Because you cannot be a Christ follower and use your words to tear others down. It just doesn't go together. So if you're like me, you realize we've got to get better at this thing called encouragement. And see, it's powerful because our God is an encouraging God. In fact, I want to show you, Paul the Apostle, he writes these words found in 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 5 through 6. Now, I don't want to dive into the story of Paul, because we've talked about him many times, and what you know is that Paul was a man who shared God's word to the lost people around. He built established churches, pointed people to Christ, but that came with a ton of adversity and a lot of challenges. And so Paul here, he's writing this letter to the Corinthian church to encourage them, but using his life example as a way to encourage them. Look at what he says here in verse 5 of chapter 7 in 2 Corinthians. He says that when we arrived in Macedonia, there was no rest for us. Now, maybe you're here today and you feel like, Pastor, that's me. Uh, Since March, I've had no rest You know, my kids are home all the time. I'm working all the time. I check my bank account. My stock markets are going crazy. Pastor, I feel like I have no rest. Paul, is sharing the same thing here. He says, when we arrived at Macedonia, there was no rest for us. Then he says, we face conflict from every direction with battles on the outside and fear from the inside. So Paul here, he's saying, it wasn't just outside forces that were impacting us. But also it was our hearts, our our negative thinking, our fear, our anxiety, our our worries, the, the hopelessness that we felt. And see, Paul is saying the same thing that many of us are facing right now. Fear, anxiety, pressure from the outside, but also inside we feel fearful and hopeless. Paul goes on and he encourages us with this. He says, but God... Some of the best statements there, right? We were heading towards a bad path, but God changes our direction. It says here, but God, in fact, underline this next part. It says, who encourages those who are discouraged, encouraged us by the arrival of Titus. You see, I love that statement. But God, who encourages the discouraged. You know, I got to believe that some of you who are watching today, are just totally discouraged. You're looking at your life circumstances. You're looking at what the news is saying the future is going to be like. There is no new normal. The only thing to predict is chaos and more uncertainties. And you feel completely discouraged. But God, who encourages the discouraged, and I believe that if we stay committed in our walk with God, God, who is an encourager, will come alongside us and encourage us and lift up our spirits again. When we feel hopeless, God is going to bring that hope into our lives. Now, how did God encourage Paul? Well, God encouraged Paul through his friend, Titus, who breathed God's words back into him and helped encourage Paul to keep going instead of surrendering and waving the white flag. And I believe that God encourages us too through his word, and through sending others to encourage us as well. And so by you watching today, I hope that you're gonna be encouraged because not only are we gonna take God's word and breathe it into our lives, but also God is using me, he's using us, our community, our church, to encourage each other to keep going. So God is an encouraging God. And if we wanna be like Christ, like God, we need to be encouraging to those around. So how do we do this? Well, in your notes, I'm giving you three ways that you can encourage those around you. Three things that we can do each and every day to be an encourager just like God is to us. Number one, the first thing is we need to encourage others daily. We need to encourage others every single day. Now, why is this important? Well, because every day, We can either alter someone's reality for the good or for the bad. All of it based upon our words. And we know, I just shared it earlier, that 80% of our self-thoughts are negative. Negative thoughts, they consume our minds each and every day. Thoughts that maybe you've had even this past week. Things like, man, I'm messing this up. I always mess up. And even though things look good right now, I'm going to find a way to mess it up. Uh, Maybe for you, it's I'm not smart enough to get this job or I don't have enough experience to be able to apply for this. Or I look like a mess. You know, when I look at myself in the mirror, I see the double chin, I see the wrinkles, I see uh, how I've gained too much weight over this uh, pandemic and I don't like who I see when I look in the mirror. Uh, Maybe you thought negative thoughts like, man, I'm too young to be able to do this. No one's gonna respect me. No one's gonna look up to me. Or maybe you thought the opposite. I'm too old. You know, that's already past my prime. There's no way I can achieve this in my own life. Maybe you thought I'm not strong enough. I don't have the grit. I don't have the stamina to endure. Uh, Maybe you thought I'm just unlovable. You know, every time someone gets close to me, they see the real me and therefore they run away and, and I'm just an unlovable person. Maybe you thought I'm not good enough or I don't have what it takes to make it past this season. You see, all of us have had these negative thoughts. And encouragement is what disrupts the pattern. It's what brings us out of that spiral of despair. In fact, I love the words of William Arthur Ward. He said this, he said, Flatter me and I might not believe you. Criticize me and I may not like you. Ignore me and I may not forgive you. But encourage me and I will never forget you. I think that's true. Many of us in our lives, we could point it back to a time when someone believed in us and encouraged us, and even to this day, we never forgot it. You see, God is calling us to encourage others daily. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 13 says it like this. It says, But encourage one another, how often? It says, Daily, as long as it is called today, why? So that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Now, the word encourage, and according to the Webster's Dictionary, is to inspire people with courage, spirit, or hope, which is what we're talking about, right? It's to inspire people with courage, spirit, or hope. Now, the great thing about encouraging others daily is you don't have to be an expert to encourage others. You just have to have a heart for people. All you gotta do is simple things like put your arm around them. Tell them how much you appreciate them. Encourage them. As you encourage others, you recognize that they too are encouraging you. A good rule of thumb is as you think it, say it. If you think somebody's doing a great job, say it. If you see something that your kid is doing that's noteworthy, tell them. As you see the behavior, as you see it, as you think it, say it. Too many of us, we hold on to that encouragement. And too many people suffer because we don't encourage others daily. Another passage, Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 through 25, it says, Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and to good works. Let us not neglect our meeting together, some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return Is drawing near you see right now as a church we cannot meet together but we could still encourage each other and some of you in the chat lines over here you can use the chat line to encourage each other to stay strong motivate one another because our God is an encouraging God so number one I encourage others daily number two in your notes is I take it the next step and I encourage others spiritually I encourage others daily, but then I also encourage others spiritually. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, I mean is that, is that you take it a step further. You know, so an encouragement might be you're walking by and you see someone with a nice shirt on, and you're like, hey man, nice shirt, or good job, or what's up, bro? I don't even know if that's an encouragement, but you know what I mean. Like we take these simple encouragements, but to encourage someone spiritually, it's more than just nice shirt, or good job, or nice catch on the baseball field. It's deeper than that. It's where you're calling out the spiritual, the godlike things in them. Let me give you an example. When I was a 12-year-old kid, I went to children's church, just like many of our kids do here at Journey Kids. And um, believe it or not, even though I'm a pastor now, back then, I was known as a hellion. I was the crazy kid. I was the kid that when I walked into kids' church, the teachers would do a facepalm and say, oh no, I was hoping they were out of town or I was hoping Michael wouldn't come today. I was that crazy kid. And so I did everything to instigate the kids' teachers and to annoy them and to get them on their nerves. And, and, And at one point, I remember that I got the kids' teacher so upset that she walked out of the classroom and at that moment my heart sunk because I knew I'm in big trouble like when mom and dad find out I'm gonna be grounded for weeks I'm gonna be in big trouble and so I got the teacher so mad that they quit on the spot and so after kids church comes I'm doing like the walk of shame you know I know that when I see my parents all they're gonna do is give me that dad look the you know that type of look and I knew that I was gonna be in trouble for the next few weeks and as I'm making that walk of shame to my parents, I notice that the kid's worker is talking with my parents. And at that point, I am scared. I'm terrified. I'm throwing one of those Hail Mary prayers. God, if you get me out of this bind, I will serve you. I will do whatever you want. I will tithe even though I have only a quarter to my name. I will do whatever it takes. God, get me out of this bind. And as I'm walking up, the kid's teacher looks at me, smiles, smiles stops the conversation with my parents, and she said these words that that I never forgot. She said, Michael, I was just telling your parents how glad I am that you're a part of this class and how much great things God has for you. That moment, I did a double take, like, what? Is this the same teacher? Is she okay? Does she not remember what I caused her to do 10 minutes ago? But what her encouragement did was I planted a seed in my own heart, 12 years old, to know that God has something big for my life. Two years later, I gave my life to Christ. And one of the most influential people that helped walk me in my faith at the very beginning stages of my walk with God was that very same kids worker who encouraged me just two years earlier. You never know how God can use your words to build someone up spiritually. Romans chapter 1, verses 10 through 12 talks about this. The words of Paul, he says, One of the things I pray for, or always pray for, is the opportunity, God willing, to come at last to see you. For I long to visit you so I could bring with you some spiritual gift that will help you grow strong in the Lord. Then he says in verse 12, When we get together, I want to encourage you in your faith, but I also want to be encouraged by yours. You know, so many times when we think of encouragement, we think of like outlandish things that we have to do. But in reality, God wants to use us in ordinary, simple ways that he can take and do the supernatural with them. All we have to do is be willing to step out in faith and trust God with what little we have. In fact, there's a story that author Dan Clark shares in his book called The Second Helping of the Chicken Soup for the Soul. And Dan Clark shares about the story of when he was a young 11-year-old boy, he and his dad were in line to buy tickets to go to the local circus. And as he was waiting in line, he and his dad were talking about what rides they were going to do, what what exhibits they were going to see at the circus, how exciting this would be for their family. And that's where Dan noticed the family in front of him was a family of eight. Mom, dad, six kids. A lot of kids, right? And so as he looked around, each one of those kids was no older than the age of 13. And he noticed that they had some ratty clothes, some worn out clothes with some holes in it. Their shoes were a little bit dilapidated and falling apart. And so by the time this family before them got to the will call area to buy their tickets, the the dad asks, how much is it? When the person tells them the price, the dad looks at the mom, their eyes get really big. The mom's eyes sink. And they realize that they're not going to be able to afford this. At that moment, Dan's father reaches in his pocket, pulls out a $20 bill and throws it on the floor. And as the dad and the mom are debating, how are they going to be able to do this? They're not going to be able to go to the circus. How do they tell their kids? Dan's father taps the man on the shoulder and he says, excuse me, I wasn't trying to be nosy, but I couldn't help but notice that you dropped a $20 bill below you. That moment... The dad knew exactly what was going on. Tears welled up in his eyes. He picked up that $20 bill, shook the father's hand, and said, thank you so much. See, that day, Dan and his dad did not go to the circus because they didn't have the money to go. They gave it to that other family. And even though Dan missed out an experience going to the circus, he gained an even far greater one, realizing that you could encourage someone with a simple, It's just a $20 bill. And see, so many times I think we overthink it when it comes to encouragement. God can use the simple things to make a huge impact and a difference in someone else's life. Maybe for you, it's to go and pray for an essential worker during this season who is overworked and working overtime and then some. Maybe God can use your physical prayer to help them see there is a God that loves them. Maybe for you it's to go and buy groceries for the elderly in your apartment building. Something as simple as just $75 can make a huge difference and impact in someone's life. Maybe for you it's just sending a personal email or writing a thank you card. When was the last time that you received a personal handwritten thank you card? It's been a while, right? God can use you to write a thank you card to make a difference in someone else's life. Maybe for us, moms and dads, it's to take a moment and instead of correcting our kids 90 times a day, it's to call out greatness in them and see something in them that they might struggle to see in themselves. Maybe it's just simply to be with someone who's hurting and going through a difficult time. More than saying, I'm praying for you, it's I'm going to call them every day and check in on them. Maybe it's even something as simple as a phone call to pray with others who are going through a difficult time. You know, one of the things about our church was a a few weeks ago, I learned about a family that, that used to attend the journey when they were living here in New York City, but now moved to California. They had a young boy, eight years old, who needed a heart procedure to be done. A pretty serious, a pretty impactful heart procedure. And I can't imagine as an eight year old, the fear, the anxiety that one might face while going in for this procedure. And so what happened was organically, our Journey Kids team, some of our volunteers that served with Journey Kids They recorded a quick video message for this young man to encourage him and let him know that they're praying for him and and to be with him and encourage him spiritually as how Paul talks about in the passage we just looked at. And I got to admit, I was so touched by this video. The families were so touched by this video that I wanted you as a church to see it because this is our church in action. Can't be more proud of our church, but it's a simple way, a 30-second video, that could alter someone's reality and encourage them. So take a look at this. Hi Greg, this is Mr. Peter and Ms. Jen. How you doing buddy? We hear that you're about to go into surgery on Wednesday. So we just wanted to say, hey, that we're thinking about you. We wanna pray for you and your family, that everything goes to plan, uh, that the lead up to the surgery, the surgery itself, and, and that your recovery goes really smoothly and that uh, everyone feels God's comfort in this time. Take care, bud. Can't wait to see you. Hey Greg, it's Mike, your Journey Kids Bible study teacher and I just wanted to say hello and I heard you are in California and you're about to have heart surgery. First of all, you are so brave for going through this. You are going to do just fine. You're going you're gonna to be great, but I want to let you know that we are here, we are thinking of you, we love you and we'll be praying for you and your family and we cannot wait to see you when you come back to New York. Hey, Greg, Miss Jessica here. Uh, I know you have your surgery this week, and so I just wanted to send a quick message to say that I am thinking of you. I'm praying for you. The whole Journey family is praying for you, and so I hope you're feeling that love. Just know that God is always with you. He never fails, and he's watching over you and giving you so much strength, and so just know that you are mighty, and I hope you believe that, okay? Hi Greg, hey, Greg. Miss Monina here. Mr. Carlos. We just want to say that we're praying for you and you're the bravest boy I've ever met so I know you're gonna be okay. You remind me of David. You remember the story of David? That he was very brave. Remember all the things he did? And he did all those things because remember God was always with him just like you. God is always with you. He's with you in the room. And he's going to be with you when you come out of the room. Remember that. And we miss you and love you. Okay? Love you. Take Bye. Care. Bye. You know, I love that. And I just want to say thank you to the Journey Kids volunteers who took their time to record that video and encourage that young person. And, and, and just so you know, praying for him, he's doing great. God is with him. Doctors were able to do a great procedure. And together, church, let's continue to pray for this family, for this boy's recovery. So how do we encourage others? Well, we start off by encouraging others daily. Then we encourage others spiritually. But then the third one I want to give you is the one that we overlook the most. And it's to encourage yourself in the Lord. It's where I encourage myself in the Lord. You know, if you were to go to Washington, D.C. and visit the Smithsonian Institute, you would see a little exhibit there about Abraham Lincoln, especially on the last day of his life when he went to Ford's Theater and was shot by John Wilkes Booth. And at that exhibit, they have a few things that they found in Abraham Lincoln's pockets or coat during the time of that shooting. Uh, one of the things that you would see is a couple of coins, a couple of you know, money that he had at the movie theater. But another random thing that people found in his coat pocket was a newspaper clipping about Abraham Lincoln. And in this newspaper clipping, one of the things was it listed his accomplishment as a president, and it said this, word for word, it said, Abe Lincoln is one of the greatest statesmen of all time. Now, why would President Lincoln keep a newspaper clipping that would say Abe Lincoln is the greatest statesman of all time? Now, one thought might be, well, Abraham Lincoln was arrogant, right? And he just had to have this paper carried around to him, look how good I am. But but for those that read the history books about Abraham Lincoln, we know that's not true. Why I believe he carried this newspaper clipping with him everywhere he went is because this man went through a ton of adversity. We know that just about every time he ran for election, whether it was for Senate or for Congressman. He lost almost every single time. Then he finally achieves the job of his dreams, the President of the United States, and there's a civil war that breaks out, and he's commissioned to preserve the union. So here's a guy that faces unbelievable adversity. What helped him get through it? I believe it was that newspaper clipping in his pocket. Every time something negative came, he encouraged himself by reminding himself that, hey, someone out there thinks that I actually am the greatest statesman of all time. Even though things are falling apart, I can be encouraged by this one newspaper clipping. Now, it's amazing that if the President of the United States, during one of the darkest moments, darkest seasons of of, of our history, needed a newspaper clipping to encourage himself, how much more do we need God's Word to encourage us when we face a tough and difficult moment? You see, oftentimes, we don't struggle as much with encouraging others as much as we struggle with encouraging ourselves. And dare I say that that it's likely that you haven't encouraged someone lately because you personally haven't encouraged yourself in the Lord. You see, all encouragement out there begins with being encouraged in here and in our hearts. In fact, we see this true in David's life. Before David was king, he went through tremendous adversity, hiding in caves for fear that Saul was going to ruin his life. And here we see this small verse of the power of David and being encouraged in God. It says in your notes, 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 6, it says, but David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. What got David through was taking that time to pause and encourage himself in God. And see, some of you here, even though you've been quarantined at home and you've been staying in isolation, you've allowed yourself to quarantine yourself from God and you've been isolated from your walk with Him. Use this time as a time to encourage yourself in the Lord. Chances are maybe you're griping and complaining and you know, have an edge because you haven't taken the time to personally do inventory and ask God, God, how am I doing? How are things with us? See, my hope and my prayer is that you'll use this time to your advantage. Take some time, spend it in prayer. Set the alarm just a few minutes before your kids wake up, just before you start work, and spend some time reading His Word and in prayer. Spend some time journaling your thoughts. Because the more we encourage ourselves in God, the more we'll be an influence and encourage others. So take some time today after this uh, message, after this uh, service and encourage yourself personally in the Lord. I can't do it for you. Only you can do it for yourself. So together, let's encourage others daily. Let's encourage them spiritually. But more importantly, let's hit pause and encourage ourselves in the Lord. Let's take a moment. Let's pray. God, we thank you for this time where we could look to your word and talk about the importance of encouraging those around us let us be reminded that god you are an encouraging god no matter what we're facing how isolated we feel how alone we feel god you still partner with us and encourage us to keep going you give us the strength through your holy spirit to be hopeful in a hopeless world and god i pray that you'd help us absorb your word into our life Help us this week to make some changes, some improvements to encourage ourselves in you. Whether it's more time in prayer, more time in reading your word, spending a lunch break just investing ourselves in your word or listening to worship music, God, help us to be encouraged in you. And as a result of that, God, help us to then go out and be encouraging to others. Let us not miss a day where we don't encourage someone. And let us not just encourage someone by saying nice shirt or good day or good things, but just let's encourage someone spiritually and call out the greatness that the Holy Spirit sees in them as well. As Christ followers, God, you've called us to be different, to live differently, and to use our words to speak differently. And so we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Everybody said...